0: Hey everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanRag Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. Joining me is Polly Cristel and Elliot Niblock. I'm back in Cincinnati after a quick getaway to California. Polly, you're in New York City. Elliot, where are you at right now?
1: I'm actually back in Missoula for a hot minute. I'm here for the week before heading towards Chicago via the Grand Tetons in
0: Colorado. Okay, are you actually going to be in Chicago for a little bit after that? or? <laughs> well, I've got a lease that says I am. So. Okay, oh, well, that counts for something, right? <laughs> okay, well, we're going to have another Gold Cup special here for you as um, we got the final coming up here in uh, two days' time on Wednesday the 26th as the United States will take on Jamaica at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Uh, how they got there, we'll talk about that. Of course, the United States—they knocked out El Salvador in the quarterfinals, two nothing. And then they went up against Costa Rica in the semis, another two nothing win there. So uh, so far so good for the U.S. at least result wise. Uh, Jamaica—they defeated Canada two to one in their quarterfinal. And then they uh, pulled off a mini upset, we would call it, uh, took a one nothing win over Mexico. So before we get into the. US, Paulie, uh, what's your take on the Jamaica upset against Mexico?
2: Hasn't Mexico kind of been in disarray
0: this whole tournament? Yeah I mean they, they, they <laughs> clearly sent a, uh, a B team to this tournament. Um, yeah, and they don't B have team... their manager. Yeah, and they, well... their manager is suspended.
1: But they're also, their B team overall, I think, has performed more consistently than the USB squad has, even the USB plus squad we have now.
2: Well, yeah, that, yes. Jamaica's also uh, one of the better CONCACAF teams. They just don't seem to perform in World Cup qualifying, but they do seem to play well in the Gold Cup. And uh, they played in the group stages and got a nil nil draw. So this was essentially the same thing, except two minutes from time, they, they buried a free kick. Well, they actually yep.
0: had some chances in this one, because that first yep. game, it was all about them just shutting it at the back. Here, they actually had a couple of good chances, and then uh, they got the breakthrough there with uh, Kimar Lawrence's free kick in the 88th minute.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and that was really what struck me about that. was not only did the Jamaican keeper, Blake, have a fantastic match, but also it was, you can't really say that they stole the result at the end of it, even though they did score that free kick right before the death. They they had chances throughout, and they looked good going forward.
0: Yeah, Mexico, they defeated Honduras 1-0 in their quarterfinal. Didn't really impress too much in that game. So, uh, like you said, Pauly, it's not been the the best of displays from Mexico <laughs> in this tournament.
2: I mean, at the end of the day, though, it, it also it makes sense because uh, people and, and we discussed this, or I would I said this, you know, in regards to two years ago when everybody was said it was ridiculous that the U.S. unacceptable that the U.S. finished fourth, and how everybody just expects the U.S. to just walk to the final and play Mexico. Um, you know, it does that doesn't really always happen. CONCAP as a whole is getting better and and the reason the reason that we have to stop judging everything on, on you know one game is, is because upsets happen and that's why sports are fun. Um Yeah, you know,
0: there there would be it's no not pony always, otherwise.
2: it's not always a sure thing. And there you go, Jamaica comes along and, and ruins that chance at the Mexico US final, which people make it seem like we play that final every two years we don't we haven't done it since 2011 uh i don't think we did it, it oh we did do it in 2009 uh and 2007 and probably uh maybe 2005 we played panama so yeah. we just had a string of like yeah but that's, three,
0: that's why people expect it though
2: because it happened three straight times during yeah. during you know like when the u.s went on a really good run and then you know then and then after that it, it's it's but at the same time, it's just like, you know, it's the Gold Cup. Most people don't take it seriously.
0: Yeah. No, that's true. Um, well, yeah, Jamaica. And it's too.
2: even sadder. It's even sadder that the U.S. brought in their best players to, because they had to take it seriously this year. You know, that was the sad part.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Elliot and I, we were talking about this uh, the episode you weren't with us and just. The strange rules here that you can actually swap out so many players after the group stage.
2: I mean, it, it, every rule that Concacaf comes up with, like, <laughs> Concacaf, like, pretty, like, let's put it this way Concacaf is to like the rest of FIFA what, like, in terms of like the game that's being played, like, as like college football is to the NFL, like. On, on the scale of things, it looks like the same game. And then when you actually take a close closer look in and look at how it's played and look at how the rules are called, it's a completely different animal.
0: Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it, I just find it really awkward and strange. And like you said, Elliot, even with these players coming in, it's still the B plus team basically. Yeah. But, uh Two of them that stepped in came in and performed against Costa Rica. Josie Altidore and Clint Dempsey with the goals. Dempsey also had the assist on Altidore's goal. Uh, opening goal came in the 72nd minute. And then 10 minutes later, Dempsey you know, pretty much sealed the deal there with a, a nice free kick. Yeah. Fantastic
2: hold-up play from Altidore for like 70 minutes. Fantastic. Translated to so many goals. But oh my god, that hold-up play was so good.
0: You sound sarcastic. I, I, I just I I I
2: only saw the first half of this game
0: because I was out. Oh, on, that's uh, unfortunate.
2: I was out on I was out on a bachelor party and we switched bars after the uh, first half. But I was I was looking at Twitter and it was just everybody's just raving like, "Oh man, Altidore's holding up the place so well." And I'm just like, Jeez. you know, like, and and I I I like snapped and responded to somebody because uh, you know I had a few drinks in me. I had those loose Twitter fingers, and I, I just said to him, I was like. I was like, you know who, you know who doesn't who isn't known for their hold up play, like strikers that can actually score. Mm. Like Wayne Rooney holds up the ball very well too, and uh, you know Messi doesn't need to hold up the ball because when he gets it, he just goes straight. Like you know, yeah. there's so many strikers that either one go straight like towards the goal or actually hold it up really well too, uh, as like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, very mm. good hold up play from him. Have you ever heard someone talk about Wayne Rooney or Zlatan and talk about their hold-up play? It's yeah, the like only thing he talk about Josie after
1: for. Yeah. Well, no, it's, uh, it's funny though. To be to be fair, that hold-up play is better than Michael Bradley's play, which is just always pass the ball backwards. Always yeah. pass right, the but, ball backwards.
2: But and not only that, but you like sometimes what happens is 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 um you know Altidore will get the ball at the top of the box and he'll like stop it. He'll stop it and then like make one pass, and then the next person will make a one-touch pass to someone who will get the finish, and they'll be like, oh. And this starts with great hold-up play from outdoors. Yeah. Like, That's not hold-up play. That's yep. you stop the ball. Hold-up play is when you get it in the middle of the field and you let your team get up and get up the field and retain possession and now go on the attack. Stopping the ball at the top of the box is not hold-up play. And either way... What he did was not a great hold-up play that led to the goal. It's He stopped the ball, made a pass, which somebody else then made the final pass, and we finished.
0: Yep. I mean, that's true. Altidore's and- hold-up play
2: doesn't usually lead to scoring a goal. And if you noticed on his goal, it was a great ball from Quint Dempsey. And Altidore ran onto it, and boom, one-touch goal. Because that's all he can do. He, he has one touch. His second touch, terrible.
0: Well, I mean, it was a it was a great pass from Dempsey. It was a well timed run from Altidore. It was a good finish. Uh, goal celebration. I'm not too sure about the whole going all oh, Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo.
1: That, I, well, I mean, especially it's just like this is far from a clear game winner, right? Like, there's a lot of time left to play. Yeah, I probably would have chosen to not get the yellow card yeah. in a match that's already been, like. I just. It, I don't know. Good, good on him. I'm glad he broke his scoring drought, but it just—I it, yeah. mean, it's you're it, giving him a red.
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's no Alan Pardew dancing on the sidelines, but you know. Oh man!
1: It, yeah, I, for was me, this it a didn't...
2: scoring drought for Altador? With the door, it's just kind of like, oh, that's his life. He's just playing. <laughs> and What
1: was his last goal against? It's uh, like California, he's in a perpetual drought.
2: Was. His last goal against like Saint Vincent and the Grenadines.
1: Uh, it's the last one I remember. Yeah, I mean that that sounds about right in terms of the number of fixtures been played. I remember the statistic that I heard was about eight games.
2: Oh right, yeah, that makes sense then. Pulling it up right now.
0: Mm. So yeah, so no, no, he
2: scored twice against Trinidad.
0: Mm.
2: Or maybe once yeah. against Trinidad and once against Tobago, but.
1: differentiating goals based on the islands
0: yeah okay so official attendance at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington 45,516
2: it's not bad where are you going with that
0: I mean it's we're talking about an 80,000 capacity stadium
2: yeah here's the thing though
1: talking about a B minus semifinal
2: And and the fact that that uh, Americans have now um, what's the right word for this? Uh, We're educated uh, and we're not so much like we're uh, not educated. It's not like a special thing anymore when like high quality soccer comes to our country. Mm. You know, like we're we we know you know. When the International Champions Cup comes around and it's it's uh, United are going to play, um, you know, some other team that's not Real Madrid or, um, or, you know, this year is different. But, like, you know, the year after the World Cup when we're playing Barcelona, you know, we – people – who have seen Manchester United play already, they might stay away because they say, well, like I'm not going to shell out 90 bucks to go watch, uh, Andreas Pereira weed yeah. the team out, uh, against, uh, whoever is coming out of the Messiah Academy these days. It's the same thing now. It's, it's the U S team has gotten big and we're, we're playing in these tournaments, but and we're playing in these big games. We played the Copa America last year. Well, I don't need to shell out $85 to trek all the way out to a football stadium and sit in a, and, and sit there and watch the B team play against some other B team in a game that, like I always say, like is just less fun because when we score goals, it's like, oh, we're supposed to do that, mm. uh, not, not. Oh my God, this is amazing that we score goals. Yes, I would definitely go to the final if the final was in New York, but that's about it. Like it, you know, it's the Gold Cup, and and we, we we just see passes, and, and if you price it fairly. Then more people would show up, but it's CONCACAF, and it's all about making money, and the United States is the ATM of CONCACAF.
1: Oh, yeah, and I tell you what, the CONCACAF and sponsors are just so mad at Jamaica right now because they would have sold way (laughs) more tickets, way more tickets to this point. You know
2: what, though? You know what, though? They're not. They're not because, you like, all right, so the U.S. – they're sitting there going, okay, good, the U.S. is going to win now, uh, and then – you know, Mexico is when when everybody has their A team in, Mexico is still the favorite, uh, and then Mexico can win the next one. And then they're like, and then we get that playoff game again, because that's yeah. what they want. They don't want the U.S. winning the next
0: two. No, that's true.
2: Yeah. And yeah. all those tickets, all those tickets. Uh, so where's this game? Again? Santa Clara. Yeah, Levi which Stadium.
0: Seats, which
2: seats? How many people?
0: Oof. Uh, let's see. It is sixty-eight thousand five hundred. So
2: what let's say they sell 40,000 tickets?
0: Yeah.
2: Is that fair? Well,
1: 45. but, final? I, but, 45? Yeah, but I, I'm sure that they I'm sure that they would be close to sold out if it was U.S. Right Mexico. But, All right, wait, you're missing, What's that what do we
0: think it's going to be? 40, 40, 45? 45, Yeah, maybe. 50, all right, 45. Maybe, maybe 50,000 sold.
1: Uh, I, d- I doubt that it reaches 50.
0: So
2: 45. So that leaves what? 22 unsold?
0: Yeah, about, about yeah, that. twenty, twenty-three and a half. You'll plus. more,
2: you will more than make that up in, in twenty nineteen when you play
0: Mexico at the Rose Bowl. Mm. Yeah, that will be sold out. Um,
2: That's sold. Out, I mean, if if they sell forty-five tickets, thousand tickets to this game, yeah. double that, double that, capacity, and the Rose Bowl still fits more people. Mm. Than did, that.
0: <laughs> did you know that the uh, Levi Stadium has Tiffway two Bermuda grass on it? No, no, no I, Seb, I did not know that. I did, I had no idea. I, I like the things you can find out here. It has 176 executive suites. Damn. Rick, record attendance is six uh, seventy six thousand nine hundred ninety nine people for WrestleMania thirty one.
2: That's I'm true. reading this article right now where it's just and they're they're praising Bruce Arena and they're saying, why you know, well they're saying well I'm saying because because they won the game essentially and
1: oh, and he made okay. the
2: substitution that you know spurred on the game but it, but that's the thing is they're saying his lineup choices worked well and and his subs made the difference and he was rewarded for his faith in Josie Altzdoor and it's just wait like but when Jurgen was the manager all it was was oh well. The lack of sharpness in the final third is probably because he keeps changing the lineup every day. Mm. And you know, like, oh, it's not that his substitutions worked well. No. It's he was smart enough to put his best player, Quint Dempsey, on. Like, yeah.
0: oh, why? Yeah. Do, well, I mean, if it was Clint, money it would have been like, oh, why didn't he start Dempsey?
2: Right. The only thing that would have. That would have uh, stayed the same is he was rewarded for his faith in Josie Alcidore because the media <laughs> apparently yeah. they're they're on board with the coaches and saying, yeah, we got to go with Alcidore.
0: Mm-hmm. Got to get that hold up play. It just, it frustrates me because
1: especially the inclusion of Omar Gonzalez and the omission of Matt Miazga just seems like such a freaking varsity high school mentality. It's a waste. Like, yeah, it's like well, Gonzalez has more seniority, and even though he's been terrible at the back a number of times, he's knocked in a couple goals. He's the senior player. Got to start the seniors. So his mom comes out. I'm like, who cares? It just it. I'm. I I I also was watching post game uh, coverage because I stayed at the bar for a while after this match. And it was just like everybody had all these great things to say about Bruce Arena. I I just. I I don't I don't agree. I think wait. He I'm was reading
2: the fine. I'm reading the player ratings right now, and when it's talking about Giassi Zardes and his cameo appearance, um, it says got in the attacking third during his cameo, but made a couple of poor decisions on the ball. Uh, he came on as a winger, maybe even a striker, because he replaced Altidore. Uh, so, in other words, what you're saying is he was stayed in his position. Because his position is to be in the attacking third when the team is there, and when the ball came to him, he didn't do well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's what that meant.
0: Yep. How? How? What was his score, though?
2: It was. You got an NR.
0: Oh. <laughs>
2: Even Dempsey got an NR. Yeah. Ooh. You can tell how much those those oh. were. But what? What kind of? What is that like? He got into the attacking third. Like, yeah, he's the winger. That's his yeah. job.
1: <laughs> That's like, played left field really well. Never mm. went over to right field the whole game. Yep. Had several errors, but at least he was in left field. Yep. Yeah, Tim Howard stayed in the box most of the game.
0: Yep. Played ball <laughs> with feet.
2: Wait, but no, wait. This is literally, so MLS like tweeted out, at... there were two tweets I saw. Today. Someone combined the two tweets uh, into one tweet, and they were like, this is real, and it was the MLS it was talking about two different MLS teams. One of them was like an article praising DC United because they scored goals in three consecutive games. And they're like, this is really good for the future. Like, uh, yeah, scoring goals is good. Uh, the other one was a headline that just said Minnesota United. It was tweeted out by Minnesota United. It said Minnesota United was not called for offside a single time in their loss this weekend. And I'm like, and I'm, I was just like, so you're telling me that they were so bad that they weren't even in a position to get called for offside? Mm. That I, I like my friend was like, yeah, that's like saying, like, oh, the Mets never got thrown out at home plate in a five-nothing loss today.
0: <laughs>
2: and I was like, Yeah, like, oh the Jets the Jets don't get flagged for a single false start penalty in their 31 to three loss to the Patriots. Yeah. Like <laughs> seriously.
0: Yep. 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 It is what it is. Uh, let's take a look ahead, though, at that final against Jamaica. Uh, how do you think that arena will decide who gets in here? How how will the lineup look compared to the semifinal against Costa Rica? Exactly the same. Yeah. Still start Dempsey on the bench?
2: Uh, no. that He might switch Dempsey for Morris. If he was smart, he'd switch Dempsey for Altidore, but uh, there's a chance that Zardes sneaks in over, over Areola, but I mean, if we're going with what Which he should do. Which would also be a poor choice. Oh, yeah, Z- Z- Zardes shouldn't even get a spot in the locker room. I know.
1: Um, not even on the B-Squad.
2: Um, and it, it sucks because, dude, Zardes was really good when he broke onto the scene. And I think, like, we spoke about it when we started the show, about how he chose not to leave MLS and his career just immediately hit a plateau.
1: Yep. yep. And that um, plateau is not very high.
2: No, but he had the potential to go to Europe and, like, really develop his career, and and he was, and MLS was touting him as, like, oh, he is a product of the MLS development system, and look at how good it is, and Donovan was sitting there being like, he shouldn't leave, this is so good, He's, he could have such a good career for the Galaxy.
1: He sucks.
0: Um, well, I mean, the thing is, too, that I, I feel like a lot of the U.S. players are sort of at a disadvantage if they decide to go the college route. Because when Sardis was done at... Um, he was at CSU Bakersfield or whatever it's called. He was he was in Bakersfield, um, the Roadrunners, and you know when he was done there, he was already like twenty two years old.
2: Yeah, I mean you're you're a hundred percent hurt by going the college route. It it's yeah. not easy to, to go the college route. You're I mean you if you're gonna go the college route, like your ceiling is essentially Graham Zuzi. Mm-hmm. is like you you play in college you get drafted by an MLS team and you can play well enough that um, that you're consistently called up to the US team but like not consistently a starter like a player that can make contributions but you don't want them in there too often you could play in the World Cup uh, and maybe you get like a, a big Con, like a DP contract from your MLS team, but that's pretty much your ceiling if you go the college route.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I, we we still have to see exactly what Jordan Morris's ceiling is. I mean, it could it could be a little higher than that, but I mean, I agree that in terms, I don't know, of I don't know
2: because yeah. Jordan Morris is gonna I, have it's to like, still, it's still, he's it still it still could get be past out. Bobby Wood, like he's and but you know what? Also, the thing is, Jordan Morris went the college. Jordan Morris is a is an exception because he went the college route and then instead of he wasn't drafted by the mls because he had he had a hometown contract with seattle yeah. so he and he had the chance to go to europe and he chose not to
1: yeah well same as zarks right
2: different because morris could have went straight out of college or could have went to uh Werder bremen and maybe started yes, breaking in, okay, in, in in europe and i do think uh, so the difference, I thought Zard is right now, like you need to capitalize on on your hot stuff right now. Go to Europe and and develop more. Morris, it was clear like you are still a raw player, and one to two years in MLS could help you out. Yeah. The issue was when I when it happened was you know Morris if he has one or two good years in the MLS and the European clubs are going to come calling, the MLS is going to sit there and be like ah oh, twenty five thirty million because the problem was he was already on the U S team. Yes. And and like Zardes was just that guy who it was like okay there's always someone that comes through the January camp this year it's Zardes and then it was like well we're he's gonna play in the Gold Cup because uh, we didn't really have like wingers Zuzi was kind of Zuzi was having a poor year that year uh, like everybody's tired of Ali Bedoya so it's like um, you know he was he started out as a striker that season uh, that year. Uh, and Altador was hurt, so it was like, okay, we could play Zardes up top, because we, we really didn't have anybody else. Remember those friendlies after the World Cup, where Rubio Rubin was playing, and it was like, God, this guy sucks. Uh, Bobby Wood played a few times. Everybody was like, that guy's terrible. I don't know why he's here. Um, so Zardes had his chances. Morris, though, was always the hype to like, dude, that's that kid that got called up to the national team while he was still in college. Mm-hmm. So right away, everybody like had their eyes on Morris and and had high hopes for him. Because you also, I mean, he got called up right after the World Cup um, when it was like, wait, why did we call up a college kid? And it was like, well, right before the World Cup, we scrimmaged against Stanford. And it was like, how good was this kid in that game that, that he caught Quinsman's eye?
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, there's like you said, there's still potentially something there. But um, if I was Morris, I definitely wouldn't want to stay more than maybe another year in the MLS. That's a tough statement, considering yeah. that Morris is from the
2: area, and that's probably why he. Yeah, but that's you. That's probably why he. Uh, yeah,
0: but I mean, do you want to accomplish something? I think he like?
2: stayed. I think he stayed. well wow. okay. he's getting, dude. The guy's got the highest contract for a, an un, for a grown player in MLS history. Like,
1: yeah. he's making money. And let's be real. Like, okay, I think that's a little harsh said. I've I'm. I know I'm kind of the resident apologist for the MLS on this show, but I've never suggested that the quality of the MLS is even close to the top leagues in Europe, or even the kind of middling leagues in Europe, right? No. But you said it but would be like. 25th. Do you want to? But, but like, do you want to accomplish something in life? Whatever. I mean, if he gets the goal scoring record at the United States top flight league for soccer. That's accomplishing something in life.
0: Yeah. I no, I meant say. I meant more on the personal thing like, yeah, you went to California for two years. I mean, go out and see the world. Yeah. yeah. Don't, I mean, don't be so comfortable.
1: Yeah.
0: No, like, challenge yourself. Yeah. I mean, I
1: think that's like, that's the thing. And, and I, I agree with that too as a
2: competitor, yourself. but as a competitor I agree with that. But you know what? Maybe maybe he's comfortable there and, and it it's home for him and, and that's why he wants to stay. And maybe, look, maybe he does have the ambition to, to go to Europe one day. The issue is, is that MLS has the ability to say, you ain't going.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah that, that that's just a bad system, too.
1: Yeah. Well, as we're on the topic, did you see that the MLS rejected a $4 billion media rights deal, which would have had as part and parcel a promotion relegation system built into it? Uh, no. Although t- the, the grain of salt here is that it was pitched to them by a company that also has ownership over Miami FC. So they're just like, hey, we'll buy the rights to your league if you give us a chance to be promoted to your league. Well, there you go. But, I mean, I still would welcome that, and I think that's something that needs to happen if MLS is serious about about becoming a top league. That is
0: so un-American, though.
1: What what do you mean it's so un-American?
0: Having promotion relegation,
1: How, I, but why is that? Why do you say that?
0: Because you don't have it in any other of the big sports.
2: No, the reason that it's that it's unAmerican is because Americans buy in because you know you're buying an MLS club because you know it's going to be in the MLS every year.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be a cash cow, and that's
0: a thing. Exactly.
2: Now I do have a hot take here.
0: Okay, lay it on us.
2: Uh, I don't think becoming Going pro rel is like you know, I, I don't think that promotion relegation is what's holding MLS back from being a top league.
1: I think that it's part of it. I don't
2: think adding it would do anything to to make it a, a better league.
1: Okay, why not?
2: Um, you're not a top league because the best players aren't playing in there.
0: Well, yes, this is true. And the but... and the
2: best players aren't gonna go to MLS because because there's promotion relegation all of a sudden.
0: No, and the thing. Well, I think a bigger part of it is the economics too, because you still have a cap, uh, you know, a cap. Ceiling. Yeah, the economics hurts and them.
2: The the. Um,
0: so you have a very weird disparity where you have some players that are clearly. I mean, we're talking classes and classes better than the other guys on the team. But we also well, you also the the way the
2: league is set up, the travel. Most most players are not like the best players in the world are coming from countries where you don't travel like this. Uh, they're, they're coming from countries where you don't play in 95 degree heat, mm-hmm. uh, where you don't play on, on uh, turf fields. Yep. And mostly I think the playoffs kind of hurts them from, from those playoffs, from the, yeah. from those players, because uh, you know, there are, there are fans in, in the United States who are just like, wow, you know, Leicester just won the league and they weren't even playing tonight. Like they just became champions and they weren't even playing. They were watching the Chelsea Tottenham game at home and that's how they became champions and they're like it's so dumb you need playoffs we're the only country that thinks that yes. every other country that's developing very good players the con the idea that the idea that like oh you you play it and you win all your games in the league and then and now you go and play a team that's significantly worse than you and if they beat you over a two-legged series like then uh they get that they win mm-hmm. and you don't and the and mls does the uh you know uh, they do the two-legged playoffs because really that's all you could do in soccer because yeah. it just takes too long otherwise. And it's, Oh, higher seed gets to be the home side, like second or something. Like, I don't know if there's a clear cut advantage to that, especially well, because of the away goals rule. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, me, I get it that the champions league does the same thing. If you win the group, you get the, yeah. in the round of 16, you get your second game at home. But I've, and I, I do prefer it that way, but I, I am also not sure if it is a clear advantage.
1: Yeah. Well, I, for me, the thing that's frustrating is that I think that the MLS ownership is, I mean, Don Garber and kind of the MLS brass are in some ways, sadly, similar to a Landon Donovan or a Yossi Artis or perhaps a Jordan Morris in that they're not, they don't really want this to be the best league it possibly can be. I'm sure that they will say that, but you know, it's the economics, right, Seb? It's like, mm-hmm. the bottom line is that they just want it to be a stable, a stable league, first and foremost, a league that makes money, secondly, but a close second, and the stability, one might argue, is only a platform yeah. for that money-making. Well, and if they really, if they really wanted it to be the best league, or like, to compete to be the best league in the world, which they claim they want, then they would do away with those salary caps. But it's a single ownership model for the entire league, and that means that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't benefit anyone to do away with that because everybody's got their hands in the same pot.
2: I agree with that, and I think that's also why they won't change up like their schedule or anything.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because I, I think the schedule is so dumb the way it is. Like, switch up your, go to like the Scandinavian schedule, and like, and take a winter break if you have to. But you know, the the idea that like, oh, like we don't want to play in the fall because then you're going up against the NFL. It's no, I like. You're going up against the NFL anyway, I think you'd probably rather not have your like play the, the boring early season games when you go up against the NFL and play the exciting playoff games in May and in June when there's nothing else going on. I, I, I say this all the time, but like you know Fox is Fox shows the FA Cup semifinal and they try to sell you on like you watch this game and it's like a great game or you watch the FA Cup final and it's a great game and it's intense. And then it's like, stay tuned for more soccer. And you're like, yeah, more soccer sounds great. And then it's like, oh, this is game three of the Chicago Fire season.
1: Mm. And, like, <laughs>
2: they're still getting their feet wet. And, oh, this 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 is really boring. Chicago Fire are good the, this year, though. The, yes, I, I know. I was trying to come up with a team off the top, of man. Um, <laughs> it's because of our boy, Basti. Yep. Um, what, they, what they don't want to switch up is because then, right now, they they get demolished in the Concacaf Champions League, and they have the nice excuse of like, oh, but the because we always lose to all the Mexican teams as soon as the knockout rounds start, yeah. and they always get the uh, that excuse of oh, well the Mexican teams are they're already in the middle of their season, and, and our season's just starting. We're all no, like if you switched it so that you would be in the middle of your season too, and then you lost, now you're kind of like oh, yep, well the Mexican teams are better than us. It's hilarious that the MLS fans like they're already ready to compare their 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 league to to England and to Italy and and to the Championship. And it's like, bro, you can't even beat the League MX teams. Like, yeah, the the Championship clubs in England beat the the Premier League clubs. You can't beat League MX. Like, worry about that first. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, and that, that's the thing too that you know you, we do see a couple of really good players in the MLS. Like Sebastian Giovinco, when he came in, he's been phenomenal. But it's there's such a big disparity between Jovinko and the guy that's, you know, number 11 on Toronto's, you know. Yeah, and,
2: and and part of the reason that Javinko's so good is because there's only so many players in the MLS that are capable of stopping him. Yeah. And... So. And I do love, I do love when a player like Giovinco gets left off of Italy, and it's just like, and all the MLS fans go nuts, and they're they're just like, oh, why are you leaving off an MLS player? Like, oh, because he doesn't play in Serie A. Ah? Like, th- look at the team that you're playing; they're all terrible. And then it's like they go and they finish in like the semis at the Euros.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and the thing is too that you know you could say that Giovinco, you know, he did some things in Europe, but he wasn't a standout player by any. Stretch of the imagination. Um, I,
2: I, again, Bradley Wright Phillips like routinely leads this league in scoring, and the guy couldn't buy himself a Premier League contract.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, let's give a Juan quick...
2: Pablo Angel went from Aston Villa to leading the uh,
0: MLS. Juan Pablo, he was amazing. He was so good for Aston Villa, so good, so good.
2: <laughs> Thierry Henry uh, played in like half of the Red Bulls games, and was, like, their all-time goal-scoring leader. And, like, literally would only play, like, every other game.
0: He didn't play on... Did he... He didn't play on
2: turf. He didn't play on turf. turf. He, like, didn't really travel. It's Like, he pretty much only played home games and then, like, Philadelphia and D.C.
0: Okay. Maybe New England. Yeah, he went out and hung out in Brooklyn instead. Mm. Uh, Let's give a quick prediction, though, of the U.S. against Jamaica before we get into some Premier League headlines. Um seeing that it is jamaica i mean a lot of people are calling for a win here like a clear win i wouldn't call it a clear win because we haven't yeah. done anything clearly all tournament
1: and last year we certainly didn't beat them in the gold cup so that
2: was two years I, ago that was a that was a that, that you can o- always convince me that that game was fixed <laughs> That was some uh, shaky refereeing, even by Comcast. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, okay, touche. I was going to say we have shaky refereeing all up and down this tournament, but mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll go first. I'm, I have to choose the U.S. in this. I mean, I'm, I've been saying this the whole tournament. It's just like I'm not convinced that this is a team I can pick to blow another team out. I still hope that they've got the quality. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Jamaica. You know, pulled the quote-unquote shock upset. I wouldn't call it a shock. I would call it a team that's been underperforming, losing to a team that's been playing very well. But I'm still going to say two-one to
0: the U.S. Mm. Don't keep a clean sheet, but they still take the victory. Yeah, nah, I
2: go, I go 2 0
0: I was going to go two to one as well.
2: We still have Timmy Howard, who. Yeah, he, no,
0: he he, he played if, well.
2: Just remember, according to the media, he is he's way too old. Just remember mm. that Can't, he's not an option for Russia because he's too old.
0: No, he, why would he be too old? He's not too old for Russia. That's he's, what they've been he's, saying he's, for four years
2: now. He's too old for, for Qatar. Four.
0: That's what he's too yeah. old for. Yeah,
2: well, they've been saying for four years, oh, we got, oh, like Howard's leaving, a, Howard's going on sabbatical this year, but at, he'll be 38 in Russia. So, like, is he even an option?
0: I'm like, yes, you morons. Mm. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go two to one as well, though. And then, Paul, you said 2 nothing. Uh So Altidore needs to score and then take off his shirt again. So he gets... No, because he won't be enough no. for suspension. He yeah. needs another card. He needs, he needs a red. He needs to score two goals, take off his shirts both times. But then he, he scores two to... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Yeah, and then, he, and then he gets suspended for Costa Rica at home, which we'll win anyway, and then he gets to play in the away game, which will not help us.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. Let's head over to the Premier League, where West Ham has uh, finalized a £16 million pound deal for Javier Hernandez, the Bayer Leverkusen striker formerly of Manchester United. Big upgrade for them, though, up front.
2: Yeah, how many strikers at West Ham have signed
0: since 2010? G- just give me the list. No, I oh
2: I can't give you the list. We'll be here all day. Oh, uh,
0: take a guess. I mean, we're talking double digits. Uh, 14.
1: Elliot, I I'm gonna be more conservative. I'm just gonna go 12.
2: Ah, oh, there's no reason to be conservative. Yes, uh, 31. Ooh. Oh God. They've signed thirty-one strikers. Um, they've signed thirty-one strikers.
0: Okay, give since us a... two thousand ten. Okay, pick now. Here's the follow-up pick. question.
2: How's here's the follow-up question? How many of those thirty-one scored more than three goals for the club?
1: Oh God, six. <laughs>
0: no, I'm seven, eight.
2: Uh, eight. Eleven.
0: Oh, okay, huh? uh, all right. right. Twenty the, of
2: them failed to score three goals.
0: Who's the leading one? Is it Carroll?
2: Probably. Yeah. Maybe like Ener Valencia. Yeah,
0: they, they sold him to um. Uh, what's that Mexican team with the? Um, Chignac Tigres? Tigres. Oh yeah, Tigres. Yeah. Tigres. Yeah, i mean, wow, that striking partner, Valencia and Chignac. I'm gonna tune into a Tigres game or two.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're the I, I, you know I don't follow Liga MX very closely, but they seem to me the class of the league. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, Paulie, I want to hear some other good uh, or not good players, but some some interesting names from that list. So we know Carol is on there. We know Valencia is on there. What? Else? Who else is Demba on there? Bar. Demba Ba. Demba Ba. Demba Ba. Demba Ba.
2: Uh, Robbie Keane came over on loan. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. they went down to the championship and signed a bunch of weirdos. Uh, then they <laughs> came back, signed Andy Carroll. Marilyn Shammah came over on alone.
1: loan. Oh, that's right.
2: Oh, you know, who's probably going to be the leading scorer?
1: No, who?
0: Carlin Cole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He scored a lot of goals. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He had a decent run there for a while. Well, yeah,
2: so. Dembod, no. seven, seven goals in 13 appearances. Robbie goal, Robbie Keane, two goals in 10 games. Uh, Andy Carroll, 20, uh, seven goals in 24 games. Jeez, that's bad. Uh, Shamak, zero goals in three appearances. Ca- uh, oh, Carroll came back, scored 19 goals in
1: 77
2: games. Mm. Oh, Carl Cole only scored 10 goals. Jeez, so it's Andy Carroll.
0: Hmm. Oh, well. Yep, we'll see how long Chicharito stays around, but 60 million pounds, not too bad. Uh, Bayern still making a little bit of a profit there on him because they didn't pay too much when they signed him from Manchester United.
2: No, um, it's a good signing because he actually is, he could score in the Premier League, but yeah. I don't think he could score as a stri- as a starting striker. So
0: yeah. A player that cost a hell of a lot more, that was Benjamin Mendy who uh, signed for Manchester City, from Monaco. Uh, five-year deal, uh, transfer fee of 49.2 million pounds. Most expensive defender. He now holds the mantle. Yeah, but, I mean, we've said, that we, we said it before, though. City, they need these signings. It doesn't matter how much they cost. Oh, yeah. They needed Walker. They need Mendy. They could probably use... That, de- they could de- probably de- use... De- they could probably use with a central back, too. I mean, that's... Yeah. Been, What's up
2: with, yes. Here's the question. What's up with City needing players and just going out there and getting them?
1: They like, have a like, lot of oil like,
2: money. But, but like, there's, like, why can't United do that? Like, We need certain players, and instead it's like, let's throw all these numbers out into the media and let the other teams just be like, no, and then we're just like, up, oh, all right. Like City have just... they've been incredibly quiet all summer about everything. You don't hear anything in the press except for the whole Kyle Walker thing, but that was mostly on Walker's side. Mm-hmm. You don't hear anything in the press. They just, they're just they like, well, we need fullbacks. And they go out there and they sign fullbacks. They sign a winger. They sign a goalkeeper. Like has to be signing something questionable at best, and yet no one's talking about it. They're just going out there and signing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, they, they signed uh, Danilo too from Real Madrid.
2: Exactly. It's like... Instead of talking, like sitting here, just sitting here, going out there and, and doing.
1: I'm I'm impressed that like Danilo only fetched you know 26 million or whatever compared yeah, to 27. 50. Yep.
0: I it's like you, like you don't need. He's good too because it's like for everybody else need to have the, Yeah, for yeah. everyone
2: else it seems like they need to have the rumor before they actually get like they get the the
1: here.
0: And they were lost Paulie. Bye, Paulie. <laughs> no, I mean, just speaking of Danilo real quick, I mean, his versatility is perfect for them too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have a pretty, I, I mean, I've, I have enjoyed as much as the next non-Manchester City supporter ridiculing their defense much of the last year. Uh, but they you have to you have to expect them to be better in the back yeah. now what their goalkeeping situation is might still be laughing at that come November but
0: I mean I, I think they're okay with Ederson coming in Um, so we'll see uh, West Ham we should say also uh, finalized the deal for Marko Arnautovic mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're going after some players, and they got, you know, Joe Hart came in on loan. Well, uh, and I also
1: think that Marco Arnotovic and Chicharito give a pretty, I mean, that that's kind of like a nice, ideal one-two of a quick, speedy, goal-poaching striker and a big target man as well.
0: I mean, I'm a little bit worried about the price for Arnautovic because it's uh, it's a guaranteed 20 mil. To Stoke, and then there's potential of five more mil in add-ons. So that would be a club record fee for West Ham. And I'm not sure that Arnautovic, you know, the 2017 version of Mark Arnautovic is the player you should be setting a club record fee for. Yeah. I mean, I understand it from West Ham's position. It's still a big upgrade and I mean yes. they, they're gonna have to fill that Dimitri Paye, you know hole by committee basically uh, you're gonna have to bring in a couple of players but um, he was such a unique player with his skill set playing at that level of a club so uh, I mean we'll see what Arnautwitch can do I, I like Arnold twitch I think he's a you know solid player but yeah, but he's not
1: better than solid and that kind yeah. of money. I mean, I, I, I agree. It's like that kind of money for a player like that. It's like he might be just fine. Yeah,
0: but I mean, then <laughs> it it's, then it, like then the it's also, you know, going from one Premier League club to another one. So, um, you know, it is where it is. Seeing also that Joe Hart came in on loan, um, they uh, sold off Darren Randolph to Middlesbrough. I'm um, not sure if that was... I mean, I feel like Randolph almost got a little bit of a – not a bad rep, but he was almost – it was always flying underneath the radar. Yeah. Like, I think he did a lot of good things for West Ham. I mean, West Ham are another team that could be sneaky good next year. I mean, yeah. I ho- I mean, I hope they I, that first year under uh, Village they were wonderful to watch and.
1: Well, yeah. And last
0: year they had their new
1: stadium growing pains.
0: Yeah, and I well that and I think that seeing that they had such a phenomenal season the year before expectations were just not reasonable for for yeah. a club that size. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, the money just keep keeps on flying around. Uh, I bet we'll see plenty of more stuff before the, the league uh, gets going. Here, we're, we're not too far off, actually. Which is yeah, nice. yeah, we're getting close. Yeah, uh, Swansea reportedly rejected a second bid from Everton for Gilfie Sigurdsson, and I mean, you and you and I—we've talked about this before. Just the importance of Sigurdsson for uh, for Swansea. I mean, for 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 them, he is worth fifty million pounds yeah again, I mean again though it's just like Cause he, could, inflated... he, could, he could easily be the difference between them staying up and going down he was that different last season
1: yeah and I suppose that I was I was kind of wary of the idea of trying to quantify it but I suppose that that logic is pretty sound that, that it is it, it is realistically a cost of about 50 million the difference between playing a season in the Premier League and the Championship
0: so uh, yeah the latest offer was Supposedly 40 million. So, I mean, they're they're getting closer. So, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Chelsea, they uh, reportedly are planning a move for uh, Virgil van Dijk from Southampton. As uh, they sent out Kortsuma on loan here. I forgot where the heck he's going, but he's going out on loan. And I think. Uh, that's about it. There's nothing new on the Neymar front, right? So uh, I mean, even though we're a Premier League podcast, if Neymar leaves Barcelona for PSG, we're going to talk about that. Um, one thing I thought was pretty weird uh, was Jurgen Klopp says Lazar Markovic is free to leave Liverpool. I do don't understand why Klopp doesn't like this guy. I, I mean, I, I certainly could not provide you with an answer to that.
1: I, mean, Klopp, however, unlike Bruce Arena, whom we've spoken about throughout this episode, and I, as a manager I have a lot of respect for. But you know, there's, it, it always seems that there, there's like one or two players, that I just don't understand why a manager seems to have it, you know. Yep. Like they're just not in their plans. But again, you know, I don't,
0: I don't watch Liverpool's training week in week out. True. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he he's going to be a good pickup for for any club that lands him. So, um uh, I mean, he cost. Let's see, he cost Liverpool twenty million pounds in twenty fourteen. Has only made thirty four appearances in all competitions. Been sent out on loan a bunch. I think he did really well. Uh, during his uh, time at Hull here last season. Uh, but we'll see if he stands up staying in the Premier League or if he goes somewhere else. Um, with that, we'll say goodbye for this time. We'll talk to you again later in the week. We'll break down what happened in the Gold Cup final. Either we'll be super happy or we'll be super upset. We'll be angry Sad, or we might just say, Muh. who knows? We'll <laughs> have to tune in and see. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren, Elliot is Keats was better, and Polly's W F A N. And then make sure to give FanReg Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again soon. Until then, have a good one. Bye bye.